This is the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast, helping you run your restaurant better. Welcome back to the Restaurant Technology Guys. Um, every time I say that, it's kind of funny because I feel like uh, I feel like I'm I'm some kind of radio host from from the '40s. But the truth is, is uh, I got to start the podcast somehow. And with Ryan not here to to uh, give me crap about uh, how many kids I've got and all of the uh, soccer games and everything else going on, I've got to start somehow. So, welcome back, guys. I appreciate you guys joining us um, again. Another fun episode where. We're going to talk about some stuff that I know is going to be near and dear to many of our listeners' hearts, as I've seen you guys out back when we were allowed to uh, to be out in public and 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 drinking. But we are joined today by Lori Bolin um, from Brew Logics. How's it going today, Lori? It's going great. So, um, Lori, um, I kind of I kind of set it up set up, set it up that says we're going to talk about something that's going to be near and dear to to people's hearts, um, and whether that's coffee, kombucha, or beer. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what BrewLogics is and uh, and what we're planning on kind of talking about today? Okay, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for for um, having me on today. This is a real uh, joy to do. Excited to to share stories and and some best practices and some insight, hopefully, to what we have found. BrewLogics is a technology company that services the bar, restaurant, uh, taproom industry. And what an industry to serve. We've, um, I have been an entrepreneur uh, all of my adult life, and I have so much respect for the entrepreneurs that have the boldness and the courage to enter into this space. And so we have a fantastic time helping those bar, restaurant owners, um, tap room managers who are managing draft programs, utilize data in um, their organizations to make fantastic decisions, serve customers better, make more money, sell more product. And so we're, we are a technology company that gathers data in your physical space and translate that to the cloud and return it back to you with insights and analysis. So we have a great time doing that. Well, and it's uh, it's so much fun, and like I alluded to in kind of the intro, you know, um, you're combining, you know, the, the the passion of technology and and solving problems through technology, which is kind of really really what what uh, introduced us to something that that quite frankly is at least in beer and draft beer is quite old and has had that gap between where technology can help people serve more customers better, you know, whether it's availability, whether it's, um, uh, the, the product, you know, product freshness and, and managing that, or even knowing that it's going to be available, what's selling, what's not selling way too often. And and I know when we talked pre-show, there's been a lack of both investment and really this, this huge gap between what we can do versus what, um, you know, where the problems lie within technology. So it's great that you guys, uh, you guys and your team have really chosen to, to jump into that. Um, just cause I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ignorant to it. How long has the draft beer, you know, draft programs been around guess, I guess worldwide, do, you know, do you even know off the top of your head? Cause I, I think about the problem and I think what we're going to talk about in the, in the later conversation, much of what you guys have done solves a decades, if not centuries old problem. Absolutely. Well, the, the interesting thing is that brew logics also owns um, brewery DB, which is the most complete, accurate brewery and 
beer uh, database in the world. We're expanding it now to include kombucha and cold draft coffee because consumers are demanding more of that at the draft lines. But it is intriguing that when you go on to BreweryDB, you can find brewers there who've been brewing since the 13, 1400s. Uh, but probably in the United States, that real serious uh, draft program uh, where it became more uh, as much of an art as a science is really probably came after prohibition. And it, it really cut loose even today, though, as we look at trend lines and we look at buyer behavior and why people go on premise or outside of their home to have a meal and have something to drink, particularly to have something to drink, uh, there are so many new and emerging factors of why that's happening that are affecting today's draft program that are radically different than in the early years after prohibition. So even though there's so much stays the same, you know, a real appreciation for uh, this, uh, particularly the beer brewed product, but really craft products overall, there's just a it cuts across all of this is consumers are fascinated by it. They're interested in what's new in the craft, uh, particularly the craft area. But what's, what is driving draft form pr- program performance today is actually very different. And it is keeping up with what the market is looking for. What causes somebody to step out of their home and go on premise? How do you track what those trends are? How do I know that what I have on my draft program is actually what my customers are really looking for or what my potential customers are looking for? All of those really fascinating questions, you know, I find are just intriguing to get up every day and serve this industry for that very purpose. Um, there's so many things about the draft program and managing that draft program that data will help serve so much better. It doesn't take uh, the relationship out of it. It doesn't take uh, that personalness out of it. But wow, does data help owners and managers make the kinds of decisions that help customers really enjoy and want to come back to that on-premise experience? That's uh, so true. And if any of uh, our listeners out there either have brewers that are on their staff and or brewers that they engage with in in uh, in life, uh, one of our former, former, uh, not a former clients, one of our clients, current clients, I was at one of their general manager conferences and they happen to have quite a few of their own brews, but, um, I got, I got invited back to, and, and this is my own experience probably 15 years ago where I got introduced into kind of that super high end draft, draft, um, I don't know, a specialty type of, brewing process and and this this guy it was almost like a wine vintner um on the brewing side that they are so passionate about their product and making a unique product but to what you and i talked about laurie just now is that's great that this guy's super passionate about it but if it's not hitting the market demand or if it's not selling or if he can't get it out of the keg fast enough so it spoils before it gets to the consumer it's all for naught right Absolutely. And that is where kind of running underneath all of what we do are a few basic principles that help us deliver best practices into what can often be in this industry sort of managed chaos in the bar and restaurant industry. And so some of those principles, whether it is our freshness principle, 
our variety principle, our new brew principle. These are three principles that we have found based on market research, specific consumer behavior analysis, as well as our own data sets from customers all over the country and in other parts of the world. The convergence of all that data is really telling us that individuals who want to leave home and go share a meal and particularly have a drink in the bar, restaurant, tap room environment, they're looking for fresh. They're looking for new and they're looking for variety. When you converge those pieces together, now you really have to look at, okay, what is the data that we have? What are we collecting? How are we analyzing that data? And how are we leveraging that data to help us make better decisions to cons- to serve our customers in a way that they expect. We know from uh, consumer research that 55% of women and 45% of men, the main reason why they leave their home to go have a drink in the on-premise environment is they want to try something new and they expect that it's going to be fresh. This whole concept of freshness is why tap rooms are actually emerging as the number one preference among millennials to actually drink away from home. And the main root cause of that, the reason behind that, is they perceive that that product, whether it's craft beer, craft kombucha, etc., is more fresh in that environment. Now, with great draft program management, Bar and restaurant draft programs can deliver just as fresh of a product, but they've really got to be tracking their inventory. They've got to make sure that they're not overburdening their cooler, tying up uh, cash in the cooler that's letting those kegs sit there longer than they need to. So there's great data that can help bar and restaurants emulate what is attractive about the taproom experience and apply that into their own environment. But those principles of serving the freshest product out of the keg that you can, making great choices about what new products, new flavor profiles, etc., are attractive to customers, as well as what's the right variety level to have in your draft program. You you might look at your highest throughput product and go, okay, well, if I just have, you know, if you have 20 taps, if I just do 20 of these or 20 of things just like that, won't I sell 20 times you know, or won't I sell more product? Yeah, and it's not a linear is, equation when you go exactly, straight through, right? Exactly. The, the answer to that is no. And so we've developed a proprietary uh, algorithm on variety that really helps. It's custom, though, into your environment. And this is, I think, the other thing that, particularly as it relates to variety, probably as well as, as new, is that with artificial intelligence today, Systems like ours can learn your location, your demographic area, so that you might even be in a chain. And what's working in the chain in Tampa, Florida, may not be at all what's working in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so 
those are, again, are just really intriguing ways that we can look at what does variety mean for your customer base. And as our system learns your customer base, learns their buyer behavior, you know, understands what's happening with kegs in your program. You know, why are you pulling that keg off? Why is, why is this product on hand for, you know, 25% longer than your average uh, program? We can get down to root cause analysis there to say, okay, you're missing here, maybe style-wise, flavor profile, hot makeup, et cetera, in your draft program and help you get to a place where you're fully maximizing revenue, customer delight, uh, and margin in your operation. Yeah, and and uh, I know, Lori, when you and I talked, um, kind of when when uh, you and your team shared with me kind of what you guys are doing, I was blown away. And I know the product is is you know you guys have been working on it for quite some time, um, and it's just hitting the market now. Tell me a little bit about you know kind of not the technology because nobody's sitting here listening from a technology perspective, but you kind of talked about the core principles of what you guys are trying to solve along with your guys' integration and and uh, and connection to this other asset that you guys own of the brewery, DB. Um, but talk to me a little bit about kind of what do you guys do? You know, we've talked a lot about your principles. We've talked about a lot about what the problem is. But let's let's just go down to brass tacks. What is BrewLogix and how does it help solve some of these problems so that we can dig in a little bit deeper to how you've seen um, some of your existing users use these things to to, to manifest and, and solve the problems that we've talked through. Great, great. And if it's okay, I'll I'll share a few sort of sort of uh, uh, stories from the field, as we say. You know, the on the ground experiences that folks are having uh, that BrewLogix is really trying to respond to. But uh, BrewLogix is in. I'll say this for your technology people, we're in the IoT space. That's the Internet of Things space. So we're marrying together what can hardware collect in your physical space about your operation, and then how can we utilize all the best of cloud processing, um, cloud technology, and and sort of cloud power analytics to serve up some real good insights for, for our customers. Now, through Logics, also I should tell you, is we're a relatively new company. But what we did was we bought the assets of a company that has been in this space for about seven, eight years. And with that came seven, eight years of data in on-premise buyer behavior, on-premise consumption, on-premise depletions. And we spent one year while serving the existing customer base and we've got a fantastic client success team that does a great job of doing that. But we took a year really deep diving forensics into the current assets, the current platform uh, that we had had and that had been in place for seven, eight years to find everything we could learn about that on-premise environment and the draft program. Um, we've spent a year then completely redeveloping and redesigning what does today's bar restaurant uh, taproom manager tackle? What are th- what are the owners and and GMs of those operations battling with on a day to day basis? Where are their gaps in data management that could help them make better decisions? And so we've been innovating sensor technology 
that uh, measures what the activity that occurs inside of the keg. So you get real visibility into something that you normally can't see. What we've also been doing, though, is really innovating that the software deliverable, what is that deliverable that comes back to me? This is where my background as an entrepreneur, where I've had the most fun. And that is we've been out across the country until we kind of had to Yeah, until everything shut down. But for the last year, we've been out visiting people and talking with people who are our customers, who of of the company that we bought the assets from, maybe a former customer of theirs, just really out talking with people. And one gentleman who is still a customer of ours today, who I absolutely adore, He's in Alabama. He has a really unique business. It's a movie theater with a complete indoor dining uh, operation, draft program, uh, but just a really fascinating operation. And in his fantastic, thick Southern accent, he tells us the story about he literally fought with his draft program. And he says, I fought with it. I fought with my beverage manager. He said, I didn't know how to weigh these things. I couldn't tell how much was left in them. I didn't know what was truly happening. I had no clear data, no way to really know what was happening. And he kind of pauses and he says, and then I met you guys. And But what we really got from him was he was so in the dark about what was really happening. You know, he had his, he had what he sold, but he, he really wasn't grasping at what times of the day am I selling? What, what does that mean to me? Are my, what, what's depleting faster than I would have expected? What's depleting slower than I would have expected? And do different things happen on Friday night and Saturday night than happen on Wednesday night or Thursday night? He had so many questions about what was happening with his draft program. And in so many other areas, he was able to make, and he himself is quite a technology innovator himself, he was taking Brewery DB information and creating his staff and customer education programs about what they were serving on their draft program. I mean, this he he's really a fantastic individual, but he was just at wit's end. And he said, I was pulling the draft program. And so meeting somebody like him, and after meeting him, we met a number of other folks who had their own version of that story. Significant frustration with managing what's happening in a cooler. How do I do my on-deck planning? We were in the cooler of a global brewer that has brew pubs all over the world. They were planning their draft program, their on-deck plan, so they knew what was coming next and next and next with post-it notes on the wall. And as soon as I saw that, and we, you know, we talked to them about that, it was, my gosh, there's, are you saying, and you mentioned earlier, just the history of brewing and the history of draft programs. Are you saying that in 2020, we're planning with post-it notes on the wall, um, whiteboards, spreadsheets that are static elements for a dynamic activity that occurs over and over. These were the kinds of things that were just illuminating to us over and over again. What an underserved industry that is working its tail off, that fights through the natural chaos of, of this kind of environment. They need solutions. 
And so that's every day here at BrewLogix. That is what we are doing. And every phone call with a customer that says, hey, I love that you're doing this. I love that you're doing that. And I get these, these tables are great for me. And these charts are fantastic for me. And this picture is wonderful. But wow, if you could help me figure out how to communicate my on-deck plan. And we've gathered that. And, uh, and so have just launched the BrewLogix performance platform, which is really about bringing data-driven best practices into these phenomenal environments that are doing their best to serve people and make great decisions, but they've been doing it with two hands tied behind their back. And so we're, uh, we're having a great time right now, just literally delighting people. We had a, we had a, a presentation that we were doing with a gentleman who's in Tampa, Florida, and he was at the point with his on-deck planning for his draft program, he was just getting ready to f- himself build a WordPress website so that he could some way communicate to his staff, here's what's going on draft next. He has three different coolers. He uses multiple coupler types. And as he was talking to us and seeing what we had available, he said to us, are you kidding me? He said that I can click and drag out of my inventory all my product, which I can see in your system, and I can just click and drag it up to tap number three and tap number 16, and it's dynamic and it's live, and my whole team can see what's going on. If they're not sure what the product is, they can click on that little tab and see dynamically straight out of Brewery DB. What is this product? What's its style? What's its ABV? How prominent, um, you know, are the hops, et cetera? You know, uh, all of that right at his fingertips. It, it was kind of funny. He, I say he's like, I think I'm going to cry. You know, that what I have spent so much time hassling over and felt like I had to innovate for myself, that somebody has been out there talking to us. Somebody who's figured out, you know, what, what we're struggling with. And um, that, you know, that we have experiences like that on a daily basis with folks who are just like, wow, um, it's so good to know that somebody's paying attention to this industry and what it really needs behind the bar. That well, that's part of what made me so excited when you guys kind of previewed what it was that you guys were doing. Is is I had no idea. Well, first and foremost, I will I will admit that I am a total novice when it comes to much of what you guys do on a daily basis. And one of the things that's the greatest joy for me as I as I sit and and have these conversations is selfishly, I get educated about the industry that I serve in. And it's so cool to hear about um, about the things that you, that you guys are doing. It actually reminded me of a quote of uh, a guy that I that I follow um, who often talks about kind of the, the meaning of an entrepreneur. And you, you're, both of your stories there, Laurie, just totally reminded me of, of that saying. This is, you know, an entrepreneur is someone who takes resources from a lower level of productivity to a higher level of productivity. Mm-hmm. I think Great. all too often we look at it and go, why didn't I think of that? You know, why didn't I think of doing this? And, and this guy is, you know, this guy that you were talking about in Tampa was is so frustrated. And, you know, you, what I'm, what I'm hearing is, is you're scratching the itch of these people that's been, been itching for so long with the product that you guys have released. It's such an exciting thing to hear what 
it is that you guys do. Um, because again, I think, I think, you know, I really selfishly want to get the the word out about what you guys are doing. Cause it, it is such an exciting thing to hear and see that you guys are solving so many problems. Um, when you guys previewed the product to me, a couple of things that I, um, I guess I was impressed with, and, and some of this comes back to ignorance, I recall, and, and again, I will admit my ignorance level as it relates <laughs> to kind of what you guys do, but I remember when I was working in restaurants back in, in high school and in college, there was this whole, um, you know, hey, are we, we running out of at a Budweiser, you know, up at the drafts, the only way you knew was either when it started foaming at the at the draft, or every morning in your pre-shift, you would kind of go kick the kegs around and see what was going on. Um, talk to me a little bit about because I think I think at a minimum um, that has been a problem forever. Number one, yeah. Um, and number two, you guys really have a solution for that. Which, if they do nothing else besides that, with your guys's platform, and there's so much more to what you guys do, and I want to get into that in a few minutes. But if they do nothing more than that, it solves the problem of the guests being able to get what they want. You knowing what what you've got and what your order order times need to be as far as keg management and cooler management. So can you talk a little bit about how your guys' IoT, and I don't need you to get into the secret sauce. Nobody needs to <laughs> know the, the recipe to how you guys do it. And quite frankly, I would look to them and say, go figure it out. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. Go figure it out. Because we spent years trying to figure it out and we've, we've kind of got lightning in a bottle. But, uh, but tell me a little bit about kind of just the keg management and knowing how you know how much is in that keg, not just from tipping it over, but that whole idea of, of knowing what's in the keg and when it's going to tap out and you need to replace it. Absolutely. And, and this is really fun uh, to talk about because there's just, there's just so many great experiences around this that I can share with you. But let's, let's just get to the basics, right? Is when is the keg going to kick? You don't want a keg kicking Saturday night at 10 o'clock. I mean, that's a, that's a nightmare for folks. You also don't want to pull a, a keg off tap because you think it's kicked when, when maybe it's just the line is kinked and you're starting to see a little bit of foam. And, and we've had folks tell us all those kinds of stories is when is this thing really going to kick and can I plan forward so I can limit the chaos that I have, you know, in, in the cooler at times where I know we're going to be in high demand. And so understanding what is left in this keg, number one, that's fantastic information for inventory. Inventory for folks is a huge pain in the neck. And so for, for in our system, it's real time. So you're not two and three hours taking inventory. It tells you in real time, here's exactly what's left in the keg. Here's what you paid for the keg. Here's the value of your inventory at any time. But knowing what's remaining in the keg, our system translates that into how many servings do you have left? Because we know on average what that's, what's that's being, what is served, what serving size you have for that. We also know based on depletion rates and what day it is, our system knows when you're open. Maybe you're not open on Mondays. Maybe you're, you know, you have different hours. It knows all of that. It, so the algorithms and the keg logic behind understanding not only what your current present value is, what's in that keg right now, the system can also project forward because it knows your location. It knows the behaviors in your location and it can project for you when that keg is going to kick. So now you can plan. The system will also tell you, hey, 
You have 10% left in this keg and you don't have a keg assigned to come behind it. So it tries to solve the communication issues around that and making sure, again, that we've driven small levels of chaos that combine to greater levels out of the processes that occur. Um, But when you know what's in there, you you can learn now all kinds of information about that product. I can look and say, okay, let's say this is a new product, Jeremy. This is something that's really imperative because new is in such demand. Um, in, In other organizations, manufacturing organizations, for example, your revenue going forward should be more and more increasingly on the new product that you develop. No different, really, in the draft uh, program management is if you're choosing great new products, you should be seeing those depletion rates on par with your other products that are on, on tap. You should be able to evaluate how is that new stout comparing against other stouts we may have on tap? How does it compare historically? Uh, with other stats on tap. So you should be able to evaluate quickly how is this new product doing. So the 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 key to it is understanding keg levels. How what is your keg level on a moment by moment basis, which then tells us how well is it depleting? And now we can compare it to how are others depleting in the same style with the same flavor profile with a common ABV rating uh, or range. So the, the knowledge that that can then give you, it starts with what is the level in that keg. And that's what our sensors, our patented sensors are providing, is that initial piece of data that then marries together with everything else that we know about your location and that product um, to be able to help you get true, valuable insights. Now, one might say who, who may not deal with this on a regular basis, hopefully most of your customers are tuned quite keenly into what we're talking about, but this whole idea of being able to estimate what's inside a keg, you would think over time, number one, there'd either be a solution for it or people would get better at it. But um, in March of 2020, we were at a craft brewers conference. It was a state conference. And just for fun, we did a guess what's in the keg contest. We just brought three sixtals, pretty simple. And we had all the folks that were at this craft brewers conference make guesses. We had a great prize. So everybody was motivated to get this nailed down. And we did some videotaping at the booth where we were doing this. But folks were saying, oh, I do this every day. I know exactly. I can tell you exactly what's in that keg. And long story short, we did it for a whole day. At the end of the day, the conference had everybody come into the hall and see, okay, what was the true level in each of these kegs? How close were, was any one individual? How far off were we as a group? Just out, just one of the three kegs. The range, folks thought it, it was anywhere from 12% full to 48% full. Industry professionals. And so we calculated just for those three kegs what the how far off they would be in pour size for 16 ounce pours, just for those three kegs, if you extrapolated it out over a year, they would be off 2,500 pours. 
by those three kegs. And their inventory valuation would be off by $60,000 for just three sixtals. And it tells you, yeah, it tells you we've got to get our arms around this, not only to just operate better from a financial perspective and a, and a draft management perspective, but as well, just to make sure that we're reducing chaos, that we're, that we are, if I'm, if I think I have 48% and it's Friday night, I may not change it, but I have 12%. You know what? By the time you're in the middle of the shift, you're kicked. And so the great news is that technology and, you know, you don't have to understand exactly how it works, but new technology allows you to avoid all of that unnecessary chaos. But Jeremy, if you've got time, I have one more really fun story. Yeah, we, go for it. Go yeah, for it. I okay. mean, I think I, I, I love, I mean, and, and your, your team warned me that there'd be a lot of anecdotal stories, but I love it because it, <laughs> it really resonates. What I hear back from our, um, you know, from a lot of the people that listen is, is they love to hear the stories of success and people that are, that are already implementing these things. And so uh, I've got tons of questions, but I'd love to hear this other story, not just questions, but I think that there's some things that uh, I want to harp on um, okay. that, that you talked about, but, but give me the story real quick. And then, then okay. I'll throw in my couple of anecdotes about uh, inventory turn and things like that. Okay. Well, let's, you mentioned customer success. So this, oh, this is a story of huge customer success. So we have a customer in South uh, South Carolina, and he is a cold draft coffee distributor. He brews, he's a brewer and he distributes it. He distributes it out to, um, some, some retail operations, but most of his customer base are corporate customers, you know, who are in huge complexes, especially in some of the tech centers and, and other things, uh, around, uh, particularly in Charleston, in the Charleston area. So we, I went and visited him, um, and another member of our team, we went and visited him in December of 2019, drove around with him, went to a lot of his customers. And it was a hoot because he literally can walk in. He's He's got our sensors underneath his kegs in all of these locations. He walks in and he loves to do it as they're pouring their last pour. And he, he they walk in they, and they say to him, how do you know? How do you know? We never run out. And with being equipped by technology, a couple things happened to him. He completely increased his efficiency of delivery because he's not stopping and picking up a keg that still has 25% left in it just because he's supposed to do it on Mondays. So he knows exactly when to go switch out those kegs. The customer is delighted because they've paid for that keg and they got every pour out of it. Um, but they also are just delighted with the fact that they, they're they intrigued because he's serving a lot of technology companies. So they're absolutely fascinated that while other taps that are on the draft program seem to run out on a regular basis, he never runs out. And whether you are in an on-premise environment, you know, or in a, a, an experience like his, you know, especially in, in that on-premise environment, how frustrating it is for a customer when you're out of their favorite brew, you know, and he's never, ever in that position. And it 
delights his customers. When we started working with him, he had, I'm thinking it was 15 locations. Within a few months, he was at 40. He is now closing in on 100. And and he's had no additional logistics staff for that purpose. That's amazing because so, they're used, yeah. utilizing them, and a lot, a lot of what we talk about on on the podcast is is directly to that story that you just told, where you can scale through the use of technology without having to add headcount. Exactly. That's great. Well, one of the things that I that as you were talking, Laurie, that I wrote down a note, um, and I, I it's funny because you brought up the uh, the whole idea of cold brew, but I, I did want to harp on the fact that if I know what is in the cooler and when it's going to kick. Um, I know, you know, how I can get my just-in-time inventory. Tell me a little bit about kind of both that just-in-time inventory and how it saves cost for that operator, um, as well as kind of the 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 conversation that you had around the the, the gentleman in Tampa with kind of your on deck, I think is what you call it, or up next mm-hmm. um, grouping, because I think that was also a unique thing that I didn't even know existed was kind of that you know your your little post-it note thing um, that you guys are solving for, which is kind of the the forecasting of what is going to tap out and then what's coming next and how you both can use that to utilize utilize the the inventory that you have but not have too much because tying up cash is also something that we need to help restaurants especially in this day and age in the you know coronavirus stuff but in general cash will kill you if you have too much of it sitting in inventory and not not being turned Right, right. And managing that cooler, managing the cash that's in that cooler, managing the quality and the freshness of what's in that cooler, um, being able to be intentional about what you're planning to go onto the draft program. Because, because our customers have been using this kind of technology now for a while, and they're going to get better and better uh, as the, they adopt the new performance platform. You know, there's we're we're moving from sort of that gut check guessing, which in and of itself creates chaos, to a much more intentional planning program. We've got a customer in Ohio that has about 19 locations. He plans 13 specific draft programs throughout the year. He educates his staff on it. He plans it out uh, perfectly, and he creates a menu. That, that pairs well with that draft program. There's great intentionality that he's got because he's got technology helping him implement that in a best practice. Well, for, for hopefully as new customers understand what's available to them, they can see, okay, what really is my goal? What do I want my inventory turns to be? How much of my cooler do I want? that is actually on tap and what percentage of it do I want just in standby? There's an appropriate level. You can't run it so razor thin that you run out, but you also don't want it so bloated that you've got thousands and thousands of dollars tied up in inventory that all it's doing every day is getting less fresh and less fresh. And so when our customers adopt onto the system, we go through, and as I mentioned before, client success team is fantastic. They're going to walk folks through specifically, what are your goals? You know, let, let's set some of this in place and then re- let's report against it so that you can see, am I really achieving the level of just in time, uh, cooler management and keg management that I, that, 
that I want so that optimizes my cash. And so we'll set those goals uh, in the early going. We, we can adjust them over time. But we look at what does that owner, what does that manager really want to accomplish in customer service, in cash management, in uh, program management. And we set those goals in the system. So now everything that happens after that is going to track against those goals. So if I have 30 taps, I know, and I say, okay, I, I'm, I don't want more than, you know, 33% of my cooler to be, you know, I want 33% of my cooler to be what's on tap and 66% of it, or, you know, 66, 67% of it is going to be uh, on deck. I don't want any more than that because now I know I've got three full turns in my, in my cooler. I don't need more than that. I don't want more than that. I, I want, and I know that my distri- I have distributors that can distribute in a pattern in such a way where I don't have to have more than that. Well, with everything that managers have to do, you can set that intention, but how you're not in there every day counting. How far off of my goal am I? You, you have no time for that. But if, if you don't have to do it, and you can see now the system reports back to you on any given day in trailing 30, trailing 60, whatever you want to look at, it's telling you how were you, um, how, how close to your goals were you? And it's going to report back to you, here's when you had too much inventory in the cooler and for how many days and at what amounts. And here's where you were under-resourced in your cooler and, and you were short and ran the risk of, of running out. And it, it teaches you over time, okay, when are we threatened, either in being having, we're too bloated in our inventory, or we're too um, minimal in our inventory. And it, over time, then helps to teach the organization, how do we get exactly to the point where we want to get? And the data is telling them, showing them exactly what days in a, in a, let's say, take a trailing 30, it'll show you exactly what the, um, what you were doing in those days so that you can pinpoint the, the issue and, and get yourself to a place where you can hit your goals, whether it's cash, turns, percentage of the cooler that's on deck, et cetera, so that you can track against and achieve your goals. But for technology, calculating that for you every day, oh my gosh. nobody in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah, has the ability to do it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's amazing. Um, Lori, one of the things that I know we talked about that I want to make sure that our audience hears about is um, the, the way that you guys have taken, you know, and, and this really kind of goes to your guys' principle about, um, about the variety, um, is the whole integration that you guys have to the brewery database and, and yes. what, you know, I, 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 I was just so fascinated. And again, I, um, I'm not a beer fanatic. Um, so from my own personal perspective, I don't, I'm not a millennial as well, but really that's where <laughs> that's where I think a lot of this stuff is targeting. Um, yeah. And quite frankly, back when I was drinking a lot, it was, you know, let me get the cheapest stuff that I can have. But I do see this huge trend towards this, this, you know, consumer choice and, and, you know, my, my siblings are, are millennials and that's all they want to talk about is how fancy the coffee they have or the fancy of the beer they have. And like, you guys have spent way too much time on this stuff, but it is a huge um, driver for these brew houses for, for these tap rooms. And so let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the, 
whether it's the tasting notes or the alcoholic um, alcohol content or all of these things that you guys have really tapped into what they have on deck back to the database to make sure that you've got the variety to serve those customers. Because if you have, you know, if I walked into 31 flavors and all they had was vanilla, I probably wouldn't go back to 31 flavors. Right. I want to be able to have variety, right? Right. Absolutely. So, so talk to me a little bit about kind of how you guys tapped into this asset that you guys have to really deliver value back to those customers um, that are utilizing your guys' platform. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, let me just say that we are sort of unabashedly biased toward uh, those independent craft brewers out there. There, There's so much innovation happening there, very much like bar and restaurant uh, managers and owners. They're, this is a deeply passionate entrepreneurial industry, and they are creating the variety that customers are looking for. And they're serving uh, the bar and restaurant industry well in that. Uh, so one of the things that we do when we adopt a new customer is we look at where is that customer, what are all the breweries around them that serve them, and we and we make sure that in BreweryDB that all of those products uh, that they serve and that they sell in to bars and restaurants in their local area. Because don't forget, local is a substantial driving factor right now for what people want in their restaurants. What's what's been what's local? What's sourced locally, etc. And so, but there is no you know we there is no Nielsen data you know that's telling you and and we love Nielsen, but there is no Nielsen data that's telling you that the local craft brewer by you just created a new product and you're putting it on tap next week. They don't know anything about it. The fascinating thing is, is that we do. And brewers across the world and our emphasis, at least in the uh, forward year, is in the United States. Um, we, we've got 16,000 breweries in the, the, the database, but we're really trying to deepen even further the knowledge that we have about those craft brewers because the market wants it. The brewers want that accurate information out. They want beverage managers to understand what they have to offer. And so we work with those brewers to help them get their data into BreweryDB. We have a whole team of folks that curate that product data. And it's not crowdsourced. It is industry folks who are specifically curating that data and ensuring that the flavor notes are correct, that the tasting notes are correct, that the IBU level and the perception of bitterness about that product is correct. Um, and that is in the database. Well, that database is driven into our performance platform and the platform that our, our folks have been using uh, for the last year. That data then allows us to marry your on-premise consumer behavior your draft depletions with all of the content that we know about every one of those products. And because draft programs are evolving today, today you're going to find way more kombucha on tap, both hard kombucha and um, non-alcoholic kombucha on tap than ever in the history of draft programs. You're going to find things like sours, wild beers, things of that nature that have rarely ever been in the draft program are now there. 
we're tracking every one of those. And so we have a great relationship with the Brewers Association, but also with the Kombucha Brewers. Uh, KBI is a fantastic organization. And um, I'm actually giving them a demonstration in another couple of weeks on getting their Kombucha Brewers all in Brewery DB so that they can learn as well. What do the analytics look like for their products in on-premise environments as they adopt their products. So that marrying together of what's happening, the factual content of what's happening in the on-premise environment, marrying that together with the factual content, the data of what's the breakdown of all of those products creates an extraordinary opportunity for the on-premise environment to really benefit their top line and their bottom line to benefit as they better understand what is the root cause reason why that product is our most popular or why why this product is depleting faster than any product that we've ever had. Um, and the marrying together of those, those two enormous sets of data will really help restaurant uh, bar managers, restaurant managers, owners, et cetera, uh, get a real foothold on how to optimize that draft program. I love that. Uh, I love that because again, um, and and you and I talked. I think it came up a little bit earlier in the in the conversation. What's selling in Minnesota might not necessarily be what's selling in Austin, and what's selling in Austin. You know, the the taste profiles. You know, whether it's weather, whether it's the even. You know, I'm sure uh, a brew pub that's sitting on a college campus is going to sell differently than one that's in the middle of a major city than than one that's different in in the suburbs. And so, being able to have that data to be able to make those decisions. Um, and again, uh, you also talked about it, Laurie. I'm sure that you guys find in many of your customers that why I patronize this tap house um, or this tap room might be very different than why I. Um, patronize a different place. I might be going to a, a group um, with a bunch of my buddies and I want a different experience than when I'm going out with my wife and kids, right? Absolutely. And we we do see that. And as Brewery DB actually is getting a whole new makeover, um, one of the things that brewers are telling us and we've seen in the research as well is that what happens at the brewery, the activities that are at a, a brewery at a tap room are a also, they're an authentic draw. And so brewers have asked us, can can we use Brewery DB as people are searching that database to communicate that, you know, we have a running club on Wednesday night. We have trivia on Thursday night, et cetera. And so as uh, the new Brewery DB launches uh, right about uh, mid-October, so he, we're, we're right around the corner, uh, consumers are going to be able to see that from brewers as well. And so just there's this whole data collection of what's happening in the on-premise environment is completely fascinating. But in the end to me is what do we want to do with that? And for me, my heart as a lifetime, you know, entrepreneur whose grandmother uh, was an entrepreneur, um, just the, my roots in that, I want to deliver that, that data that, and the benefit of that data back to these brave hardworking people who in many cases, they're seven day a week folks who are managing. I'd like them to have a day off. 
I'd like the data to work harder for them so that they can be elsewhere, take a breath. Um, these are really hardworking people. And I, I feel like what we're innovating has an opportunity to not only transform their, their bar or their restaurant or their tap room, but transform what opportunities they have in life as well. And for our current customers, a lot of them will say that to us is that, I can actually be on the beach, grab my iPad, and see how my my cooler is doing, see how my draft program is doing. They've never had that freedom before. And the more freedom that we can deliver back, the more advantage we can deliver back to these awesome entrepreneurs, that's where my heart is. And I think that's what makes this, for me, worth getting up for every day. It's uh, it, clear. I'm I'm certain that our audience can can hear and feel the passion coming through the airwaves. Um, just because uh, if there's one thing that uh, that I've learned about you, Laurie, is you're passionate about what you do and you love the people that you get to serve. So, um, yeah. so thank you for that. Um, one yeah. last thing I want to hit on before we uh, before we wrap is, um, you've mentioned it a couple of times here and there. Um, is these non traditional tap. Um, I guess experiences and and by non traditional, um, I'm talking about kombucha. I'm talking about cold brew, whether it's alcohol based, you know, hard kombucha or or um, uh, non alcoholic kombucha. Talk to me a little bit about both the growth of that market and kind of where you see that going into the future. Because um, I'm intrigued. Number one, um, ironically, around the office just the other day, um, two of my coworkers were just talking about. Uh, their favorite card kombucha and they'd driven almost an hour to go get it over the weekend um, because yep. they couldn't get it where they were, but they were like, they, they were Googling and Googling over this, like um, over this hard kombucha that they were all both in love with. And it was kind of fun to listen to them knowing that we were having this conversation. Um, but tell me a little bit about kind of the growth of, of that. I, I called it non-traditional and maybe it's been around forever and I just didn't know about it, but that non-traditional segment of cold brews as well as kombucha. Sure. And and really working with brewers of all kinds, what's I think also what's interesting, there's all kinds of respect for one another. The kombucha industry has great respect for the craft beer industry. Uh, the, the kombucha industry has great respect for the coffee brewers as well. They're all really these great artists and scientists who are creating delightful things for consumers, trying things, willing to try something that's just going to bomb on their way to finding something that's, that's going to, you know, just really light people up in a great way. And so what we've seen really a year ago, I was starting to see my role here. I'm the president and the chief strategy officer. So as the, as the chief strategy officer, I'm really behind a lot of, of analyzing of the data. And I was really starting to see not only in our data, but in market data that not only were products like kombucha and cold draft coffee intriguing to people, but they were crossing over into traditional on-premise environments. And as we work with our customers on a daily basis on what's on tap, not only was it that, but we were, we were seeing coffee-infused beers, beer cocktails that were, that were um, combined with kombucha. And it really caused us to have to stop and say, whoa, you know, this there's a real evolution 
going on in what's on tap. And I told our staff a year ago, we are going to need to prepare for a real evolution of the draft program, both in what's in BreweryDB, the analytics that we're capturing, and and, and how this is impacting revenues, margins, et cetera, and, and how the market finds one another. Well, that was a year ago. Um, at, at that time, a, a whole segment of our company admittedly are beer nerds. And they looked at me and they said, what's kombucha? <laughs> and, and Right, right. And I said, okay, we're, we're going to, let's experience this. So we have a kegerator in our office and we've got taps. And so we have a tap of uh, kombucha. We have a tap of a cold draft coffee. We have a couple drafts, uh, taps of craft beer. Well, I had to laugh the other day because this, this to me illuminates exactly what the data trend is, is we kicked the um, kombucha keg. And of course, we've been telling, we've been saying, we can see that it's kicking, right? And we're calling and calling and calling and saying, hey, we need a new uh, keg. Well, right now, just in where we are in the world, sometimes production isn't nearly as uh, predictable as it might have been in January of 2020. Um, and so it's like, okay, we're going to get that to you as fast as we can. Well, they called us and said, we're on our way, right? We see the, we can hear them coming up the stairway to our, our headquarters here. And our whole staff meets the kombucha distributor at the top of the stairway going, we've been waiting for you. And I thought this whole group of beer nerds as I've never seen them more excited than when the kombucha keg arrived. And we laughed and laughed about that because this, we are living the trend and, you know, we, we love to see our own product at work, you know, and our, and our sensors and our, and our software at work. But the real human picture was, it was me watching that group just meet the, the, the keg at the top of the stair and walk to the kegerator uh, with her as she switched out the keg. It was a real hoot, but there is an absolute uh, notable, and in some cases dramatic, change of what's happening in the draft program in bringing on especially products like kombucha, um, both hard and non-alcoholic kombucha, uh, onto the draft lines. And and people are loving it. And so that's that moves a bar restaurant owner to say, okay, I would never have thought that I would be putting this on draft a year ago, but people are willing to pay the price for mm-hmm. it. And it's depleting fast enough that it makes it worth it to me. Yeah. And well, and I, I did take up uh, personally kombucha probably about two years ago, um, non-alcoholic kombucha. And I love it. Um, to, to, to your beer nerd example, yeah. it's one of those things that when it's not, and I just get it by the bottle, I don't have a kegerator at my house, but um, I get it by the bottle when I go, when I go shopping, I did actually get to experience some um, last year. I was on a, on a retreat um, with my wife and, and we'd gone into the market to go pick something up and they had uh they had um, a kombucha on draft at this at this uh, natural food. 
foods market. And it was actually quite fun because I had never experienced that, um, experienced that in a market. And so it was just kind of a fun experience because there was a, yeah. a guy back behind the counter that was, uh, was educating me. Where, um, where do you see, just because uh, we've got just a couple of minutes left, where do you see the, the whole hard seltzer thing coming into play? I was just talking to somebody else before we got on to record. Is that hitting your guys's? I, I, it definitely has hit the consumer market. There's no question about that. The, the hard seltzer um, market is, is hitting it. Is it coming back into the draft space or is it kind of staying in the bottles and can um, space at this point? Yeah, right now, we, it's, we are not seeing a big trend into the draft program. We're, def- we're certainly seeing it in bottles and cans, but we're not seeing it. And, and we're, we have customers in uh, 43 of the 50 states. We're not seeing it in, in the same way that we saw kombucha really start to come on and take over you know, taps across the country. We're, we're not seeing the hard seltzer hit the draft program. It's certainly taking uh, bottles and cans by storm, but we don't see it on the draft program yet. Got you. Like I said, it's it's one of those things that half of uh, half of the reason why I do this podcast is because it's fun for me to get educated and learn kind of where the trends are. Laurie, yeah. I cannot thank you enough. Um, your passion is is just amazing for for the people that you get to serve. What you guys have done from the technology front is so much fun to hear about. Uh, for those audience members that want to know a little bit more about you guys, how to get in touch with you, um, where would you point them? Well, they can absolutely head to our website, which is brewlogics, B-R-E-W-L-O-G-I-X.com. Very simple. And there's great, there's good ways there to get in contact with us. Our uh, Connor and Luke are our primary sort of outreach team, and they love to talk with folks. They are talking with folks every single day. Uh, A lot of times they're out in the market, but uh, today, of course, and in this moment, we're doing a whole lot online uh, talking with people, uh, but they're fantastic in just helping people understand, you know, what we're learning and what we could help them with. So uh, there's a place on our website where you can say, hey, I'd like to talk with you. And, uh, you know, I see those come into them and they, they will immediately respond uh, via web or, or they'll give you a call back, whatever you want. But um, so just ask for Luke or Connor. And uh, they're super happy to help you. And so find us at brewlogics.com. Wonderful. Lori, uh, again, like I keep saying, I can't thank you enough for for um, coming on the show, educating me, educating our audience. It's so much fun to see the success that you guys have already ex- experienced. But uh, I can only see so much more innovation um, with a passionate team that really wants to solve these problems for these operators that you have such respect for. It's It, it comes through loud and clear. And so thank you for for, for joining. Um, to you. our audience members, guys, I know that you guys have hundreds of different ways that you guys can spend your time, thousands of different ways that you guys can spend your time. So thank you guys for spending an hour with us each and every week where we talk about restaurants and technology and where they converge. Um, if you haven't already done so, go subscribe to the newsletter. You get once a, once a month email that goes out that uh, takes a, a listing of all of our podcasts and blog posts and delivers them right to your inbox. We're not looking to sell your data to anybody. It's really just to make sure that you guys can stay on top of all of the cool things that we're doing at Restaurant Technology Guys. While you're online, go uh, give us a rating on your favorite podcast player because uh, it helps more people to get exposed to the podcast. Again, Lori, thank you so much for the, your time. And to our audience, guys, make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast. 
Visit restauranttechnologyguys.com for tips, industry insights, and more to help you run your restaurant better.